Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Up next, a woman has a frightening premonition. I knew something was coming, but I didn't know it was that. Within hours, a young mother is missing. She said goodbye, smile on her face, and that was the last I saw her. Detectives can find no sign of the missing woman. We don't have an apparent crime scene. It appeared as if she had just vanished. Months pass. Then a makeshift coffin rises from the depths and exposes a cold-blooded killer. When you delve inside his mind, you can find a very evil, evil person. In the spring of 2005, Lori Leonard, the 33-year-old single mother of two young boys, was embarking on a new life. She moved from Syracuse, New York, to the small town of Chittenango, about a half hour away. She was determined to give her boys a good life. She wanted them to have a family upbringing, a traditional upbringing, where they go outside and play in the backyard and they have animals and each other. For a while, Lori and the boys stayed with her sister. She got a job as a bartender and began moving into a new apartment. She was just ecstatic to be getting her own place finally, getting back on her feet. On the morning of May 4th, she dropped the boys off at school. Lori was supposed to pick them up the next morning at her sister's house. She never showed up. I start feeling anxious. I thought, like, what is happening? It was an anxiety attack. I'd emailed my cousin. I said, I don't know what is wrong with me. Something is happening. I just, I feel it. Her family called the police. They checked her new apartment. Her car was parked outside. We obtained a search warrant to look through the apartment. The apartment as a person was in process of moving. There were a lot of boxes still unpacked. Everything looked rather normal. It did not look like a crime scene. It did look like somebody had just moved into the home. But there were no sheets on the bed. And there was something else that seemed strange. It was a female shoe that was located on the bed. It was believed to have been hers. There was no other females that were in the home that were residing there. And the match to that shoe was nowhere in the apartment. But this was hardly an indication of foul play. There wasn't blood anywhere. There wasn't any visible signs of struggle. There was no forced entry to the home. There didn't appear to be any valuables that were missing. Police across New York State used all the tools at their disposal, both high and low tech, to track her down. We looked into cell phone usage to try and see if we could locate her by GPS. Also, we started looking at credit cards 
to see if she was using them somewhere or if they were being used somewhere. So we could go to that specific store, maybe get some video footage, see who's using the cards. There was no activity at all. Even worse, police were in a bind. There was no actual evidence that a crime had been committed. We didn't have a body. We had checked local hospitals, hospitals all over, and they didn't have any Jane Doe's. They didn't have anybody matching her description. We didn't have any information. But Lori's family did have some information that concerned detectives. Lori was a single mom looking for love and a father for her sons. I know that to complete her family wanted a good man for the boys in their lives constantly, and that would have completed everything. She was doing this online. In 2005, a relatively new way to date. Lori's family and police were worried. Perhaps a predator under the cover of the internet was hunting for a victim. That's very risky behavior. Online dating, meeting people on the internet, it's dangerous. The potential of things happening are bad there. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. On the day she went missing, Lori Leonard told her family that she was driving two hours to Albany to pick up tickets to a New York Yankees baseball game from a man she never named. She met this man during her previous job at an upstate casino. It was a customer. He must have had something Yankee on, and they struck up a conversation. And he had said that he had extra tickets that he wasn't going to be able to use, and did she want them? And she said, absolutely. Lori and this man were to meet at a hotel in Albany. At the time, her family didn't think this was unusual. Now they had questions, and so did detectives. There was always a belief that with the tickets, with them meeting at a hotel in Albany, that there was other arrangements and other things going on. The whole scenario seemed strange. You know, this guy's just giving her free Yankees tickets. She's got to drive a ways away for him. I mean, we didn't know anything about the guy. This man, a corporate executive, was located after detectives backtracked his emails with Lori. He was married denied any affair with Lori and told detectives 
the meeting he planned with her was entirely innocent. There was just one problem. According to him, that meeting never happened. It said she never showed up, which was horrifying to hear. He believed that something either happened to her or that she just blew him off and wasn't coming to get the tickets. Investigators went to the hotel to check out his story. Hotel video and staff were able to establish that he was there by himself, that nobody else had arrived. There wasn't anybody else. Now detectives redoubled their efforts with people Lori had contacted via online dating sites. She had numerous male contacts, and it became quite apparent very fast that there were numerous interviews that had to be conducted to help to locate where she might be. And, as is common with dating sites, some people use aliases to disguise their true identity. She's communicating with other people that could have motive, could have information as to where she is. Weeks turned into months. Then, on the morning of July 24th, 2005, a local fisherman was out on the Champlain Canal, a 60-mile waterway that connects Lake Champlain to New York's Hudson River. He's going along, and he sees what appears to be a shiny object below the water. Couldn't figure out what it was. He goes over. He retrieves the item, hooks onto it, drags it to shore. This was clearly no fish. It was a toolbox, about four feet long, designed to fit into the bed of a truck. He believes that it's a good find, that he's found this this toolbox, this treasure, and he's going to keep it. So he hauls it to shore, and he cracks it open, and it's not what he thinks it is. Inside was the badly decomposed body of a young woman. As they opened the toolbox and they looked in it eerily enough, there was a casino ID facing up with the name Lori Leonard on it. A tattoo left no doubt the victim was Lori Leonard. I remember hearing my grandmother screaming, crying herself to sleep, and she was like the toughest person in the family. Everybody's personality just uh, switch was hit that day. Yeah, it was rough for everyone. What was a missing persons case now became a full-fledged homicide investigation. In all my years as an investigator, I've been involved in numerous homicide investigations. Every one of them is different. I've never seen any cases quite like this one. When Lori Leonard's body was recovered from the toolbox, it was clear she'd suffered a brutal end. Her hands and feet were bound. Her face was wrapped like a mummy with duct tape. It was discovered that there was a bandana stuffed in her mouth to more or less suffocate her. Also in the toolbox was the match to the single shoe that police found on Lori's bed when she disappeared. All this evidence led to the conclusion Lori was subdued, but not necessarily killed, 
in her apartment. The cause of death was asphyxiation and the manner of death was strangulation. Then there was some sexual assault also involved. Lori's killer clearly thought this metal coffin would ensure her body sank to the bottom of the Champlain Canal. Inside the toolbox were what are called sand tubes. Those sand tubes are the type of tubes that if you live in snow weather, you'd use as weight you'd place in the back of a vehicle, in the trunk of a vehicle, or in the bed of a truck to help with weight for traction. Despite the tragedy of actually finding the body, detectives were stunned by how it was found. There was approximately 180 pounds of sand in the toolbox, which itself weighed 50 pounds. Lori was about 100 pounds. That's more than 300 pounds that ultimately floated close to the surface of the water. I believe it was two variables that happened. The water level itself dropped to a degree, but most of all, as her body was decomposing, it caused gases inside of this airtight toolbox that caused it to rise to the surface, irregardless of the weight that was used to hold it down. To Lori's grief-stricken family, the piece of evidence that stood out most was the bandana. A man she briefly dated, he had helped her move into her apartment the day she disappeared, wore bandanas all the time. Every time we saw him, he had a bandana on, different color. He had a, the goatee, the shaved head, and bandana. And in my mind, it, it seemed like a, a wannabe type deal. You know, he like wanted to be a tough guy. His name was Sean Doyle. Since he was the last person to see Lori, he'd already been questioned by police. At the end of May, when we conducted our in-person interview, when he arrived in his bandana and leather coat, that bandana that we photographed him with was the same design and color as the bandana in her mouth. At the time, this bandana meant nothing to investigators, but it did now, especially after they found Doyle had a history of trouble with women. He had had some arrests for domestic relationships, assault, unlawful imprisonment, possession of weapons. There were some domestic incidents on file. When it became known he was a possible suspect, one of his neighbors reached out to police. Sean Doyle had an acquaintance, a female. She saw a toolbox on his truck, a diamond plate, large toolbox. He was very proud of it, had just purchased it, didn't have it for very long. And then coincidentally, a short time later, it was no longer on the truck. This fit the description of the toolbox that served as Lori's coffin. Doyle denied ever owning one, but detectives found he'd bought a toolbox less than a week before Lori went missing. We were able to connect the dots on where he purchased it, the means that he purchased it, the cashiers remembering him, description, and what he purchased. The investigation showed Doyle once had a plastic liner in the bed of his truck. Detectives learned that shortly after Lori disappeared, Doyle removed that liner and replaced it with a spray-on liner. Not an uncommon thing to do, but under the circumstances, it was highly suspicious. A bed liner seals the pickup truck bed, and basically, if there was any forensic evidence in that pickup truck bed prior to it being coated, it would have been lost. 
But now police got another potential break. We were able to track down the location where he had it done. They had kept the bed liner and we were able to take that and examine it and collect the evidence. For us, that was that was remarkable that they still had it. Hairs consistent with Lori Leonard's hair were found, but detectives had a problem. Doyle used his truck to help Lori move, so of course her hairs would be on his truck liner. If they were going to connect Doyle to Lori's murder, they had to have something more. Sean Doyle was known to Lori Leonard's family and friends. The two dated briefly. I thought he was a biker wannabe. He was one of those who would just, like, come around the family but ignore everybody but her. Just be on top of her the whole time and not have much to say to anybody else. But Doyle didn't like that Lori was open to seeing other men. Lori stopped seeing him because he started getting possessive. She didn't want to hate him, but she didn't want to date him. And so they remained friendly. And when Lori needed to move, she asked Doyle, who had a truck, to help her. Now with her dead, and with Doyle as her last known contact, he was the chief suspect in her murder. The finding of hairs consistent with Lori's provided a possible connection to Doyle and the murder. Detectives say even duct tape in his house was consistent with duct tape used to wrap Lori's head. The problem was that while this potentially linked Doyle to the murder, none of it conclusively showed he did it. So investigators turned to the sand tubes found with the body. Many people think of sand as ubiquitous, that all sand is alike. And in actuality, sand comes in many different varieties. The grain size, the shape, the base material, the actual mix. Like many products, bags of sand are tagged with information indicating where it was packaged and when. Lot numbers or lot codes is what is used for identifying a group of common items and has the information about where, when, and sometimes how it is produced and packaged. A search of Sean Doyle's property turned up the same brand of sand tubes found with the body. Investigators wanted to see if they could tie the bags from Doyle's garage back to their crime scene and turn to the lot numbers. When you find matching lot codes, it demonstrates that the products were produced at the same facility and at the same time. A last clue came from the glove compartment of Doyle's truck. A toolbox key with a serial number. That number was finally tracked down. After the toolbox was found and all the forensic work was completed, that's when the key came back into play because the toolbox itself had a matching serial number to that key that was located in Mr. Doyle's truck. The hairs the duct tape, the lot numbers on the sand tubes, and finally the key. Left little doubt that Doyle was Lori Leonard's killer. In January of 2006, he went to trial on a charge of second-degree murder. 
One of his ex-girlfriends was called to the stand. Sean Doyle had apparently became upset at her. He had tied her up. Similar fashion to that of of Lori, he used bandanas. Sean's ex-girlfriend's mother, she had heard muffled noises in her basement where her daughter's room was. And the mother had gone downstairs just in time to see that Sean had wrapped duct tape around her mouth and her wrists. And she screamed and he ran out. A jury found Sean Doyle guilty of Laurie's murder, and he got a sentence of 25 years to life. She's alone. That's Laurie's sons, now grown men, say Doyle should have been arrested long before he met their mother. It hurts. It's angering learning that he had done this before and that he should have already been in jail. Now knowing that there was a record and there were red flags to begin with, it definitely could have been prevented if the right actions were taken, but they weren't. And uh, you know, now obviously my family and, and us, we have to you know, be able to suffer for it. Prosecutors believe that Lori going to meet another man at a hotel in Albany could be what set Doyle off. The evidence indicates he got her alone in the apartment. He shoved a bandana in her mouth, suffocating her to death. He bound her wrists and ankles and wrapped her face with duct tape, later linked to his house. He rolled the body up with sheets from inside the apartment. Then he put Lori's body in the toolbox, leaving her hairs in his truck bed as he did so. He weighed the body down with sand tubes, unaware those tubes would later be tied directly to him. And then he dumped Lori in the Champlain Canal, confident all the evidence would sink. But he didn't count on the toolbox being so well sealed that gases from Lori's decomposing body would cause that box to float to the surface and expose him. My 25-year career, I've seen a lot of tragedy as a policeman. I've seen a lot of incidents where innocent people are hurt. But this is more heinous. This is a story that is very heartbreaking to me personally. Had he not been arrested for this, who knows who else or how many other victims that there could be. He perfected what he was doing each time he did something different and better to improve, which we believe was his ultimate end goal. He made mistakes the first few times. And unfortunately, the others could speak, but Lori could not.